Welcome to the Holistically Fabulous Podcast. Greetings, my friends. If you're looking for a deeper meaning to life, a reason to live your life to the fullest, be filled with such extreme gratitude that all the good things keep coming to you, then you're in the right place. As someone who had a weight loss surgery a decade ago, lost and has kept off over 120 pounds, survived sudden cardiac death not once but twice, lives with a pacemaker since the age of 32, over 10 years now, and has been sober from alcohol since the summer of 2015, I have a story or two and several life lessons to share with you all. I'm your host, Jennifer Rose Lee, certified holistic life coach and spiritual teacher. We will cover topics such as emotional eating, essential oils, energy, meditation, travel, and tropical beaches. Basically, all things that I love. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 001. How are you guys doing today? Thank you for joining me. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I am excited to be launching my podcast. This is something that I've been wanting to do for uh, quite a while now, Um, at least a year, maybe a little bit longer. And I just decided to do it because you know what? We can always talk about things and then just talk and talk and talk and never get it done. So welcome to my very first podcast episode. Uh, So I wanted to share a little bit about myself. Um, I am from a small town in northern Nevada called Elko. Some of you may know where it is. Uh, Some of you may not. Um, But I wanted to share that uh, I was always a fat child. I was. I can uh, can own it. Um, I have a picture of me being about like three, four years old, and I had a belly back then. Like, are you kidding me? So, despite having the belly, my mom did put me in ballet, uh, which I was super excited about, but I always joked that I didn't have a tutu, that I had a 4-4. Yeah. I was teased a lot when I was uh, growing up uh, because of my weight. Um, In uh, junior high, high school, for sure. Uh, yeah, it just, it wasn't fun. My parents divorced when I was in high school. Um, yeah, it's, a uh, it's not the most favorable time in my life, but we all have those times in our life and we learn lessons from it and it makes us who we are today. So I went off to college. I started off at a junior college in Twin Falls, Idaho, um, I got my two-year degree in three years there, uh, basically because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went to college, so I just took generals, and then I found the um, graphic design program that I wanted to take, and it was a two-year program, so I started that on my second year, hence the three years at a two-year school, and then I moved to Salt Lake, and that was a big city for me, Whew, Salt Lake. And I, I worked for a year or two, and then I went back to school, to college. I did want to get my bachelor's degree, uh, 
And so I went to school. I lived in the dorms. I was one of the oldest kids in the dorms. Um, but, you know, hey, we all uh, we all do what we do, right? And I ended up going to college for probably a total of like seven, eight years. And I know what you're thinking, that most of those people are called doctors these days. Um, however, I am not. <laughs> uh, would you believe that I still have two upper division Italian courses to finish to get my bachelor's degree. I know. I should just really go back and do it. So that's in the works. I'll uh, keep you guys updated on all of that. Uh, about 17 years ago, I moved to Vegas and I started my career in the production industry. So today, I travel all over the United States. Um, I am a graphics operator. So if you if you've ever gone to a convention and you go into the general session room and there's the big stage up at the front and the screens, um, I am part of the production team that is behind the screens. And say you are the presenter and you have your either your PowerPoint or your keynote presentation, your slide deck, um, you would hand that off to me and I would make sure that those machines are running properly and that everything is going well for your, um, your slide decks for that. So that is what um, I am currently doing, but I wanted to start this podcast because I feel like I need to share my story with you guys. So 10 years ago, I had a weight loss surgery. Now, I didn't come to this decision lightly. Um, the day that I went into surgery, I weighed 331 pounds. Now I am six feet tall, so there is that, and that just alone is going to weigh something, but not 331 pounds worth. So I was always told that I uh, carried it well and had such a pretty face and blah, 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 all those things, right? So... There was a couple of other people in my circle at that time that had the weight loss surgery and I was just, I was ready. I was desperate, um, to do something different, absolutely desperate. So I went through all the procedures, all the doctor's visits, the psychologists, like all the things and my insurance approved it. So I went in and had the weight loss surgery done. That was in November, uh, 10 years ago, so 2008. And then, so that surgery went perfect. I could not have asked for a better weight loss surgery. Everything was great. Um, however, since my nutrition changed drastically, I did not stay on top of um, my blood work and making sure that I was getting the right nutrients. So what happened was two months after my weight loss surgery, my potassium levels were really low and I survived sudden cardiac death. Not once, but twice. So the first time that it happened, um, I was staying uh, with a girlfriend of mine and her daughter uh, I actually called for her daughter and her daughter came uh, into my room. Now, when I passed out, I was talking on the phone, uh, sitting at my computer desk. And then the next thing I remember, I was lying on the floor 
Um, and my dog Scooby was standing over me, looking at me like, what are you doing? And I remember trying to move and it felt like I was underwater. You know how there's like that resistance, like the water resistance, trying to move, just even just moving my arms and just trying to sit up, figuring out what was going on. I just remember um, that it was like the best sleep that I've ever had. It seemed super deep and restful, uh, yet moments, maybe a minute, had passed by. So I called for my roommate's, I just called for help. My roommate's daughter came and I said, go get your mom. And so she did. And then we ended up going to the emergency room where they gave me an IV and told me that I was dehydrated. Um, they did run an EKG and everything showed to be fine. Um, so then they sent me home. I went home and uh, went to sleep that night. The next morning, I got up to let my dog Scooby out. And I'm walking down the hallway and then I, I fall. I completely just pass out. My There was a chunk of hair that got caught in the stairs, in like the stair railing. And then uh, my eyes rolled into the back of my head. Um, I turned purple. I was shaking. I lost my bowels. Yeah, glamorous, right? Um, but yet I came out of it on my own. Um, my roommate's other daughter had called 911. And so when the uh, firemen arrived, they were first on the scene, uh, when they had arrived, I was able to answer all their questions. I told them what day it was, what year it was. I knew what was going on. I was very cohesive. So then um, they left it up to me whether I wanted to go to the hospital again, and I did not because I wanted to take a shower for obvious reasons. So I took a shower, and then we went back to the emergency room. Um, and that is when I was uh, – that was a Friday, and I – was admitted, um, and then I had they had a heart monitor on me. Um, I had oh so many so many um, needles and being prodded and poked and all of that because they were just trying to find answers like we all were. So I ended up staying in the hospital for a week. Um, I had two different cardiologists tell me that I was darn lucky to be alive. So on Monday to Monday, I believe it was, I was admitted on a Friday. On Monday, they came to the conclusion that I have LQTS. So that's prolonged QT. So basically what that means is there's the four chambers of your heart and they all beat. So one of the chambers was beating out of rhythm like it's a slacker. And if it slacks too long, like prolonged, um, and it will beat into the next rhythm of the other three and then throws your heart off. So what happened was the bottom two chambers of my heart were beating so rapidly that no blood was getting through my system at all, um, hence passing out. Um, 
So it's genetic. It runs in my family. Um, We were aware of this uh, because my sister's oldest son, um, he was the first one diagnosed with it. The, uh, The doctors found it in him when he was just a little baby. So we knew it was in our family. Um, I had just been tested for it, and it never it never came out. And it didn't come out until my potassium levels were really low. And uh, it decided to rear its ugly head. So I left that hospital stay um, with a pacemaker defibrillator. Yep, I was 32 years old. Uh, yeah, it was... I'm not even sure the right words to describe it. Um, Intense, shocking. Uh, It's hard to believe that there's this completely foreign object in your body. So for those of you that don't know what a pacemaker defibrillator is, um, think about the size of a beeper, like like those old school beepers. And I had it, uh, because I am 32 or was 32 at the time, I had it placed cosmetically. So it is behind my left breast. So you can't see it. You can feel it, but you can't see it. I didn't want it on my collarbone. Um, you know, like a lot of people do have it. So mine was done cosmetically. And then they have two leads, which are basically wires that go down to the bottom parts, down to the bottom chambers. And then they attach somehow uh, to those two bottom chambers and the pacemaker part works about half of the time. So what that means is when I, because I take potassium every day and I take my heart medicine every day. And so the heart medicine actually um, slows down my heart rate. So I have great blood pressure these days. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it slows down my heart rate, uh, but then um, it would be slowing it down too much. And so then the pacemaker is set at a certain level to where it doesn't um, go past, it doesn't go down lower than that threshold. So at the very beginning, it was really challenging just to find the right dosage of the heart medicine and to set the pacemaker at the right level. Um, I was incredibly tired Um, I slept an awful lot just trying to figure out that balance. So we're pretty good at that balance now. It's been 10 years. Um, I get tired every once in a while. I love my naps. not going to lie. I love my naps. But um, honestly, I don't know anybody that doesn't love an afternoon nap. So I'm uh, going to place that in the quote-unquote normal range. So, yeah. So that's my heart surgery story. Um... So I was still in big time weight loss mode and, uh, honestly, weight was just, uh, was dropping off of me. So here's the great thing about that. Um, because my, my weight loss surgery was a success. Um, most people will lose the weight after a weight loss surgery, but 98% will gain it back then some which is a staggering, it's mind-blowing statistic. It's like, what? Holy cow. So, but I know why. Weight loss surgery is like a Band-Aid. It doesn't get to the root problem of why you overate in the first place. It just doesn't. It physically restricts you from eating too much. 
And so in my case, my stomach was physically smaller and part of my uh, large intestine, small intestine, I can't remember, part of one of those two intestines was a bypass. So it's a gastric bypass. Um, so <laughs> because I never did deal with the root cause, I still had all of these unresolved emotions. And because I physically couldn't overeat anymore, um, I did really good for like the first year. But then enter vodka. Oh my gosh. Vanilla Stoli and diet. Mm, you were you were my love. You were so delicious. And I got drunk really super quickly. Quickly. I was a cheap date. I couldn't even eat a whole uh, sushi roll. And, you know, you give me two drinks and I'm like, woohoo, good times. So I traded one vice for the other. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it started off innocently enough, but it didn't, uh, it didn't work long term. So <laughs> knowing what I know now, um, yeah, you got to deal with the emotions. You got to deal with the root cause. And that is what I have, um, dedicated the last several years of my life to figuring out. And, uh, I, I got, I got it pretty dialed in. I got it pretty dialed in. I'm not perfect. I never claim to be perfect, but I, I got it pretty much dialed in. So I have been um, sober for almost four years now. Summer of 2015, um, and I'll get more into this in just a, uh, in its own podcast, its own episode, um, because there's a lot to it. So, um yeah, I got, I got married. I did. After all of that happened, I got married. I was still drinking when I got married. Uh, and we moved to the East Coast from Vegas. Uh, we were in D.C. for a year and a half and then Boston. And I traveled for work. So I could live anywhere as long as I had a major airport, which was awesome and an incredible blessing. Um, so I still worked. Not as much as I had before, but I still worked. And but my marriage just didn't. Um, I wasn't happy. I blamed too much on him. Um, and because I wasn't dealing with my emotions, I wasn't taking care of what I actually needed to take care of. So a lot of lessons learned in, in that time period. Um, but my marriage did not work out. So I decided to move back to the West Coast, which I think is the better coast. But I'm biased. I totally like the West Coast. I think mainly because of the time zone. <laughs> like, it's just way too early in New York every single day. Just way too early on the East Coast. Um, so I got back to the West Coast. And shortly after that, Scooby, my dog of about 10 years, um, it was just his time to go. And I will get into a whole nother episode on, on Scooby because it's pretty spectacular that I, I need to share. Um, but I honestly felt like he stuck with me and stayed by my side until he knew I was going to be okay. And getting back to the East Coast was definitely a major step in me being okay. So I had to say goodbye to my dog, my dog of 10 years, my little furry soulmate. Um, 
So with with Scooby and my relationship, my marriage ending, um, there was just so much going on that I was just I was broken. I was hurt. Uh, so that's when I retreated to go and stay with my sister in California, uh, Gilroy, and I just honestly went and licked my wounds. Um, yeah, I was hurt. I uh, didn't really participate in the real world. Um, I traveled for work, so I would leave to go and do my job uh, and then just come back and, uh, you know, hang out with her and the boys and um, her husband. Uh, but a lot of the time, I just, I cried every single day for months, months, <laughs> every single day I would just cry. Um, it was the only way that I knew how to get everything out. And I wasn't drinking at that time because I didn't drink at her house. Um, so yeah, it took some time to, uh, just figure things out. And one of the things, not one of the things, the biggest thing that helped me figure things out is that my sister's friend, Michelle, um, was a medium. So this is where my spirituality, uh, was born basically, so I have a cousin um, who passed away when she was eight years old. So this, gosh, it's probably been 20, 25 years ago. Um, I had two cousins pass away in a hiking accident, uh, Clay and Kayla. And Clay, the older one, he was about 21, 22. They were out hiking in Lamoille Canyon. And they, um, uh, they fell during their hike and Clay had died on impact and Kayla landed on top of Clay um, and she died at the hospital. So, yeah, getting real here with you folks. Um, So what happened, uh, so this was about four, no, five years ago that my sister's friend, Michelle, came to Becky, my sister, and said, um, I just, I have something to tell you. I don't know how to tell you because at this time in Michelle's life, uh, she was very, um, quiet, kept close to her, uh, kept close to her heart, who she actually shared that she had this gift with. Uh, and this is the gift of mediumship. So, um, if you're not familiar with what mediumship is, Uh, it's being able to hear and talk to spirits, um, loved ones that have passed ancestors. Um, yeah. So if I lose you at this point, I'm sorry. I love you. (laughs) It's okay if we part ways, but this is a major part of who I am today. That is why I am sharing it on my very first episode. Um, so what happened was Kayla, would keep coming to Michelle and mainly when Michelle was driving, Kayla would just be sitting in the passenger seat and just like patting her body, like tell her I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. And so Michelle, uh, finally decided to listen to Kayla because she was being very persistent and would not leave her alone and visit her, you know, several times. So she shared with Becky this and then Becky came home and shared it with me And I was like, what you mean to tell me 
there is this whole world out there that I have no idea. I didn't know existed. Um, I need a reading stat. So I booked a reading with Michelle. It was my very first reading and it was incredible. Absolutely life-changing. Um, I know that it came to me at this time in my life because I was ready for it. And if you are hearing this podcast right now, it's probably the same thing. You are ready to at least explore it. Um, go in with an open mind and just see what the possibilities are. You, It might be for you. It might not be for you. Regardless, um, that is, that's when I had my first reading. And then I read so many books on the topic of uh, mediumship and not so much like life after death, but just soul lessons and contracts and, oh gosh, um, past lives, like all of those things. And I will share so much more of that uh, with you um, in future episodes. And uh, that is my dog barking, so we're just going to roll with it. Um, so yes, that is where my spirituality grew. And I just knew from that point forward that I wasn't alone. Even though you feel like you're alone, you're just not alone. So I didn't grow up religious. Um, I, I, it just wasn't part of my life. I had a short stint, um, in a certain church once upon a time, uh, but it just didn't feel like it was for me. So finding, spirituality was everything for me. Um, and I personally do think that spirituality and religion are, are completely different. Um, and again, in a future, future episode on that one. Um, yes. Okay. So I had my spiritual awakening and then I just learned as much as I possibly could and went down that path and love it. Uh, I'm, I'm incredible, grateful for it. it. It's everything to me. So then I moved back to Vegas and rejoined the real world. Oh, yes, it was time to uh, to rejoin the real world again. Um, I was at my sister's for five months, although if you ask her boys, they, they would say five years. It was five months. Um, yeah, super cute. Uh, I decided to quit drinking. And because I had my spiritual awakening, um, and I was just taking a look at my actions. Um, I just, I knew it was time. I just, I knew it was time. So I quit. I quit for five months. And then I thought, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. And that's what every alcoholic tells themselves. And so they go back and try it out. And I tried it for two months and I did okay here and there. Um, but then there was just one night in Elko, of all places, and... Um, yeah, just wasn't pretty. Again, I can share that in a later episode. Um, but it was the next day, June, no, I'm sorry, July 5th of 2015 is my freedom day. So I've been sober since then. Um, as the recording of this podcast right now, it's almost, well, in two months, uh, a month and a week, uh, it'll be four years, four years sober. So, um, yes. And then why, why am I sharing all of this with you? Uh, because I have this uncontrollable urge to share it with you because I want you to know that you're not alone. I have been alone in my life a lot. 
I could just share my story with one person and I make a difference with that one person, then I did good. And I did good. And maybe that one person is you. Or maybe you share this podcast and the person that you share it with, it's that one person. Regardless of how it works out, I just know that I need to share my story and let you know that you are not alone and that we have lots of yummy, juicy stories um, to cover, life lessons, um, so, so much in, uh, gosh, emotional eating and uh, energy work, um, chakras, and you might not even know what a chakra is right now, but that's okay. I'll walk you through it. I will totally walk you through it. I'm here for you. And, um, I need to share all of this with you. So those people that are still listening, thank you. I greatly appreciate you. Um, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to uh, to this podcast. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. And I'm glad that I'm finally doing it. So I'm going to end this, uh, this very first episode of the Holistically Fabulous podcast. And I thank you for being here with me today. I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss any. If you feel so inspired, I'd greatly appreciate a review. Sharing is caring. I'd be forever grateful if you'd share this with your friends. Love and light, Jennifer. Jennifer.